0: is from a traveler named Flard he called this experience I'm a fire watcher I found another fire watchers journal at my new station please allow me to tell you his tale I am a fire watcher upon moving into my station I found the following pages typed on my desk I am not the author of the following I am transcribing exactly what I found dated 1989 I've been located here for 185 days, according to my calendar. I'm stationed up in the northwest of the United States with two other guys, Clark and Thomas. 185 days. That's five days longer than our stint here should have been. Normally, they rotate us out every 180 days. We were supposed to be picked up by helicopter five days ago. I started writing this logbook, journal, whatever, because we're overdue for a Or so we think. Maybe we messed up the calendar somehow. Our main radio stopped working on day 179. Get up. There's smoke. Bleary-eyed, I saw Clark standing over my bunk. I could see the orange slits of light reflecting on his torso, signaling to me it was the early morning. Teddy. Smoke. Smoke. Huh? I said, still half delirious. Yes, smoke. A really small stream of it may be a mile southeast. His eyes were wide and brighter than the sunlight on his uniform. I pulled myself out of the bottom bunk and headed towards the window. I didn't even need my binoculars to see the small sliver of smoke creating a shadow in the early sun's light. In 185 days, it's only the second time we've seen a potential fire. For those who don't know what a fire watchtower looks like, it's basically a wooden cabin elevated about 100 feet in the air. Ours has a staircase that wraps around the structure beneath the cabin. I'm pretty sure other towers use ladders, but that's beside the point. Clark and I bunk up in the watchtower. We have a little kitchen, our bunk bed, and a 360-degree view of nothing but woods. Thomas sleeps in a tiny little cabin at the base of our tower, which is also where our main office is. Office may be too loose of a term. It's one desk and a typewriter used for typing out reports of what we see out here. I rubbed my eyes and looked over to Clark. All right, let's go check it out. No way, Teddy. No way, he replied immediately. Clark has been afraid to go past the outhouse since day 180 passed. He's afraid a helicopter will come and he'll miss his chance to be rescued. Rescued, Clark would say. But are we in danger? Did we miscalculate the number of days we've been out here? We still have plenty of food. Did they forget about us? Has the apocalypse come and gone and we don't know because we've been isolated? Okay, fine, I agreed. Radio down to Thomas and let him know. He should be up. Our main radio back to base isn't getting a sign of life from anywhere. And if it isn't receiving from anywhere, we assume we aren't being heard from anywhere. Luckily, we still have our own walkie-talkies to communicate with each other. Clark took out his walkie. Tom, there's some smoke about a mile southeast. Can you go check it out? A few seconds passed before Thomas responded. After I finish wiping my ass, I'll be on my way. Unless you want to help me with that Clarky. Thomas, the oldest of us, is always picking on Clark, the youngest. He doesn't really dislike Clark. He is just easy to pick on. He's a 23-year-old college dropout. I think he studied accounting or finance or something on his parents' dime. I don't think he left college to be a professional fire watcher. No, I think he left to come out in the wilderness, be alone, and take a retrospective look at his life to decide what he really wants. You only sign up for 180 days of isolation if you're crazy, or if you want to get away from something. I'm not sure which category Thomas falls in. He's a cryptic, brute of a man. His picture is probably in the dictionary next to Lumberjack. He's pretty quiet unless he has a joke to tell or something important to say. Either way, when he opens his mouth, I listen. As for me, it's not important why I'm out here. Headed out now, Thomas radioed. Clark and I watched Thomas start his trek into the tree line until we could no longer see him. Clark cocked his head towards mine. Teddy, he said to me, Thomas has been acting. Different. Weird. I didn't expect him to be so blunt. But I had noticed. I knew Clark had noticed. But this was the first time we spoke about it. I know. He doesn't seem to be bothered that we are stuck out here. We don't know if we are stuck out here. We could have scratched off the dates wrong. You know, we thought we didn't scratch the day off yet, but we really did. So we accidentally scratched the next day too. I guess. Clark said softly. I knew what he was going to say next. At night though, shut it, Clark. Come on, Teddy. It's fucked up. He's fine during the day and then just, just changes. Does he have some type of illness? It happens so suddenly. Maybe he does. So what if the guy goes out at night to stare at trees? Trees. Stare at trees. I know you've seen it. He goes out near the tree line and stands there for a while looking out. Sometimes hours. Maybe he does have a screw loose and maybe he shouldn't be out here. But I don't think it's the best idea to bring it up to him when we are trapped here with him. Especially if he is insane. Silence fell between us before Clark responded. I didn't know he stares out at the forest. He said to me in a soft voice, and eyes wider than when he woke me up this morning. Oh, wait, what? What were you going to say? At, at night, he stammered. He comes up the stairs. I looked over to our half-open door leading out to the staircase. Letting a cool breeze in. W-H, what do you, what? He comes up the stairs and, and just looks at us. Stares at us. Thomas left to go check out the smoke about an hour ago. It seems to have vanished, so I figure he handled it. Clark spends his days using our walkie-talkies, trying every station possible to alert anyone nearby. I just watched the forest. It's 11.30 p.m. Thomas isn't back. He left at about 7 a.m. He hasn't answered his radio. Tomorrow will be day 186. We do not know if Thomas is okay, and one of us will most likely have to check the woods tomorrow. And since Clark is chicken shit, it'll end up being me. More disturbing, though, is something Clark told me a few minutes ago. The reason I went back to the office to type this. I was leaned back in my swivel chair, spinning slowly, making sure there were no lights or fires in the dark expanse of trees, and wondering where Thomas was. He must have been hurt. Even if he was lost, he'd reply on his walkie. We always answer our walkies. They're with us at all times, even when we are shitting or showering. Clark stopped my chair mid-spin and mid-thought. Before I could protest, he spoke. Listen, I need to tell you something I've been thinking about recently. It's muting away at me. I wondered if it had to do with Thomas. Okay i said i'm all ears it's going to sound crazy he warned i bet i've heard crazier he took a long, yet stuttered inhale then spoke i don't remember coming out here my facial expression didn't change and it looked like he was waiting for a reaction so he repeated i don't remember coming out here do you do you remember applying for this job do you remember being interviewed or being flown out here at first I was almost amused. Then as he asked those questions, I froze. I didn't remember. He continued, you know how I said I decided to leave college. Well, now that I'm thinking about it harder, I don't know if I did. I mean I must have, right, to be out here, I must have. But all I can remember is my last day of class for the semester, and that I was here. I don't remember anything between coming home after class and meeting you and Thomas. I was listening, but it probably didn't show. I was still motionless. I couldn't remember. I tried and am still trying. Thomas is missing. Clark and I are losing our minds or or something else. Either way, I can't explain it yet. There are more pages scattered about, but I haven't figured out the order. Some are ripped and some are faded beyond recognition. But there is a more pressing and imminent problem at hand. About 30 minutes ago, I met Gary and Harold. We have been stationed out here for the next 180 days. I don't know whether to tell them what I've found. And I don't know whether to tell them that I don't remember coming here. Now, that was the end of my tale. I hope you enjoyed yourself, listening while escaping the world you live in. That is all for today. Safe travels